Welcome to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson, a show that brings you regular interviews, tips and tools for building your business online. Well, hello and welcome to the e-commerce podcast with me, your host, Matt Edmondson. Whether you are just starting out or whether, like me, you've been around for a while in the world of e-commerce, the goal here is simple, and that's to help you grow your e-commerce and digital businesses. And to do that every week, I get to talk to amazing people from the world of e-commerce. Today is definitely no exception, let me tell you, or exception, exception, exception. (laughs) And I get to ask uh, these amazing folks all kinds of questions about what they know and how it's going to help us develop online. Yes, I do. I try to have the conversation that you would have with them if you got to sit down and grab a coffee or cup of tea or, or, you know, whatever floats your boat, really. We dig into their story. We learn the principles that can help us start and adapt and grow online ourselves. And today you are going to love this episode. I cannot begin to tell you how much I enjoyed my conversation with Reese Spikerman. We're going to talk about how to create a killer about page that converts. We're going to get into all of that. And let me tell you, you are going to absolutely love it. She's just fabulous. Reese, fabulous conversation. Uh, I'll, I'll explain a little bit more. I'll start that sentence again. I'll explain a little bit more about Reese. Uh, but first, here's a quick word from this week's show sponsor. Hey there, are you a business owner? Here at Orion Digital, we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work. As the online space gets more competitive, it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve. We totally get it. So we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services, from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting, just so that you can do what matters most. Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think. Brilliant. Yeah, Reese. <clears throat> You're going to love Reese. We're going to talk about the About page, which, well, let's just be real, is one of the most neglected pages on everybody's website, but it's actually one of the most important as we're going to get into that whole thing. Uh, Just a heads up, all of today's notes, the transcript from today's show, uh, the links to Reese and all that sort of stuff can be found at ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 81, because this is uh, indeed episode 81. And you can find all of that information there, ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 81. So let me tell you a little bit about Reese then we'll bring her onto the show. Now, Reese is an e-commerce conversion expert who has spent more than 15 years working closely with entrepreneurs and brands on their online marketing. And let's be real, 15 years in e-commerce is a very long time, right? Uh, Today, she helps e-commerce brands quadruple their monthly revenue and website conversion optimization and email automization. Yes, she does. Automization, is that a right word? Automation is probably a better word. (laughs) She has lived in Malaysia for seven years. Uh, Reese is now back in her home state, northern Michigan, where she lives with her husband uh, and her dog, beautiful little dog. She is an introvert. This is what the bio tells me. 
after the interview, I genuinely don't believe it. But apparently she is an introvert. Uh, and also, as we are going to discuss, she is a lover of Detroit style pizza and is obsessed with the TV show 12 Monkeys. Have to be honest with you, I haven't seen that TV show. Maybe I should watch it. I don't know. Uh, but I've not seen it. So I can't comment myself. What I can comment on, though, is this interview with uh, Reese. I genuinely really, really enjoyed it. Uh, really enjoyed my time with Reese. She was fantastic. So without further ado, here is Reese Spikeman. So, uh, Reese, welcome to the show. Great to have you on. This is your first time with us. Uh, it's not the first time we've talked, but it's definitely your first time on the show. And, I, and we were just saying then, weren't we, before we started recording, it's really great. And I'm really excited about this show. So uh, thank you for joining us. Yeah, you're welcome. And I so enjoyed our initial conversation when we talked about, all right, what could we do this particular show about? So I'm really excited to see where it goes. You were fun to talk with then, and I know this is going to be a great conversation <laughs> for the audience too. Yeah, no pressure. Uh, but if you're not fun, I'm just hanging up. That's the way it's going to work, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, fine. <laughs> Excellent. So when, when we were, to, I mean, just give people a little bit of background. Obviously, we talked a bit about you in the intro, but uh, you, one of the things I, I, I love about your bio uh, was that you lived in Lanza Foreign, and, and technically you still live in Lanza Foreign to me, but you know, you live in the States now. Uh, but just tell people a little bit about that journey. Oh, boy. All right. So I have, I was born and raised in the United States. And I had wanderlust at an early age. So when it was time to go off to college, or I think as you call it university, mm -hmm. I went about 700 miles away from my <laughs> current home. And most okay. kids will stay within a couple hours drive. I yeah. was maybe a an hour drive. So wow. I went to a few states away. Um, and then I, I ended up getting a job in Florida. I ended up moving to Canada to, to, be with my hu husband who was my then boyfriend and after three years there we moved to malaysia which is where he is from and we were there for about seven years until there came a point where i was like uh i think i'm done with the wanderlust and i'd really like to go back home and that was maybe six years ago that oh, wow. i moved back to the us and you and you and you've been freed from the wanderlust ever since yeah i have you know when you when you live in three different countries, some people want to do that for the rest of their lives. And for mm. me, I got it out of my system and now I'm yeah. kind of a homebody. Yeah, it's interesting. I think for a lot of people, there's a very definite, I think for me, there was a very definite season, you know, of living abroad and then you're coming back and actually now I'm okay now. I've, I, I feel like that's got out of my system. So you're, you're back in the States, you're back, uh, you've been back uh, six years, you said. And one of the things it said in your bios, which I wanted to ask you about, which has absolutely nothing to do with e-commerce, right? Uh, but intrigued me, uh, is you're a lover of Detroit style pizza. Okay, now explain to me what a Detroit style pizza is and how that's different from pizza. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so glad you asked this because I kind of am on a mission to tell the world about Detroit style oh, okay. pizza. I might be getting some of the details wrong, but let me just tell you a quick history. So in Detroit, Michigan, I believe in maybe the late 1800s, early 1900s, someone came up with an idea to take, you know, um, like a cake pan, mm -hmm. a, say, 
nine by nine inch, I don't know what that is in centimeter, square pan with the sides. Okay. And I don't know if it was because they were out of other materials or whatever, they got scrappy and they used it to put dough in there. And I think it was a bunch of Italians who had moved to the US who tried this. And what happened is when they tried it this way, it made the edges of the pizza all seared and mm -hmm. like um, really browned, almost kind of like a caramelized. So when you eat Detroit style pizza, it comes out like a square instead of a round pie. And those edges are just so crispy and umami and oh. the cheese gets all almost not burnt, but just that real nice brown. So mm. can you see why I have become a bit of an evangelist for this? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think, and, and why not? I, I definitely need to try one. Now, being from Europe, I am obviously uber familiar with the Italian style uh, pizza. And in the UK, you either get thin crust or deep dish, right? Uh, but it wasn't until I went to Chicago um with my boys a few years ago that actually we really understood what deep dish pizza is you know oh my lord it's like a foot deep it's unbelievable it was like 1600 calories a slice is what it told you on the menu that was insane it was like your whole day calorie count in one slice of pizza but it was yeah. amazing uh, and I remember we ordered the pizza and he said, what size do you want? I said, well, we normally have a large pizza. And he looked at me and said, you don't want a large pizza. <laughs> so we ordered the small pizza and I could only eat half of it. So if if Detroit style pizza is anywhere near as good as the Chicago deep dish pizza, I'm in. I think it's better. Okay. No, no offense to any Chicagoans, if that's what you call them watching. But I mm -hmm. got to tell you, I think Detroit pizza edges it out. Okay, well, challenge is set, everybody uh, listening to the podcast. Uh, this is just, you know, this is just the kind of information we bring uh, on the e-commerce podcast. Go and try a Detroit-style pizza. I dare say there'll be a million videos on YouTube telling you how to do one really well. So have a go. Let me know what you think. Which one wins? The Italian thin crust pizza, Chicago deep dish pizza, or Detroit-style <laughs> pizza? That's what we want to know. Those are the important <laughs> things here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, we're solving the world's problems one at a time, right? So first, let's yeah. deal with pizza. So other than loving pizza, um, what's um, what's your work passion? Oh, my goodness. Well, Matt, I really love optimization. So this used to just be kind of websites, mm -hmm. optimizing websites, the conversion rate, and we're going to talk about that a bit today. But I realized a lot of what I do is optimization on multiple levels. For example, you can optimize your email marketing by doing automations. And a lot of people don't. They don't take advantage of automations to just kind of make money in the background for them while they're just sitting around. Or let's look at optimizing even your customer onboarding experience. They're unboxing or things like reducing your internal load with dealing with customer inquiries and questions and complaints and problems by optimizing say your faq area so there's all these little places in a business even how you go about making your schedule that can be optimized that can be working harder for you without you having to work so hard in them and that's that's my big passion that's a really good definition actually of optimization because uh, you hear a lot of people in this world talk about, you know, optimizing uh, and CRO and and all these kind of fun. Everything has to have three letters, doesn't it? And and we just we will try and create three letters with the word optimization in there somewhere 
in multiple different ways in the digital world, because that's just what we do, right? Um, and so, but I liked your definition of optimization is getting things to work harder for you without you actually working harder yourself. Uh, and I, I, I quite like that. It's like, how do I get this to be better? How do I get this to be smarter? How do I get this to work harder without necessarily, in, and in some respects, actually decreasing the burden upon myself, right? Because so you, you can have both, would you say? Or is it is that not possible? Do you mean that you can't decrease the burden on yourself while... Like, well, yeah, it's the it's the sorry, I didn't make that question clear. I've I've just heard it back in my head. Uh, it's it's the golden it's the golden goose, isn't it? It's the I want my website to work harder and smarter, and I want these things to do better. But actually, at the same time, I want to decrease my personal workload as the entrepreneur, as the leader. I wanna I wanna work less, but I I want the results to be more. If that makes sense, and it's like the silver bullet, it's the thing that we all chase, and that's where optimization. I would say has a real sweet spot. It in in some respects it allows you to do that. Agreed. And I think one thing I love being honest with people about this because Matt, you and I dance in a world where people dangle a lot of those magic bullets and they make it seem like it's seamless and in 2 weeks you're going to have seven figures in your pocket and it's total crap. So what <laughs> people need to know is the path that optimization path you can bring in people like me or like Matt, I'm sure, to help you, but there will be a bit of a slog while you're mm -hmm. in it, right? You're going to have to kind of put in, like front load the work mm -hmm. to buy future you a better life. So I don't, I do think the end goal is being able to find that silver, I think you call it a silver bullet, but mm -hmm. it doesn't happen overnight. And, and to optimize things, whether it's your schedule, your email automations, your website, your customer experience, it, it does take some work, some thinking, some critical thinking about all these paths, everything from your customer journey to your internal processes. So there is work involved. Mm. And actually, the, the, you could argue that the work that is involved is probably the work you should be getting involved with, right? Because certainly as the leader, as the, the entrepreneur, as the founder, as the person responsible for the business, um, if you're, certainly if you're a small operation as well, it's easy to get caught up with everything else. Uh, and the, the the stuff that you're talking about is, in my head, it should be it's, it's the work you should be doing as the leader responsible for that organization. But we, I don't know, do you find people just put it off? Yes, it's interesting, Matt. I was just looking at a Stephen Pressfield quote about how there, I'm going to slaughter it, but it was something to the effect of there will always be urgent tasks that we want to front load and prioritize, but it's the important things. Mm -hmm. that obviously are important. They're the things that are going to help us make progress in our work, basically. And what you and I are talking about here, this work of being a leader, this optimization, this understanding, for example, your customer journey, it's not easy to just pick up and put down. Like you just pick up and put down responding to an email. And so I think that's part of why people resist it because part of it is where do you even start? Where do you bite off this elephant? And then, you know, when you get into it, it it's thinking time. You know, it's not you sit down for 10 minutes and you solve the world's problems. You sit down for three hours and you look back and you might not have something tangible to show for it right away, but you're on your journey. Yeah, no, that's so good. So, so good. Well, let's get into this then, because I'm, one of the things that I, I enjoyed recently in our conversation uh, was we started to talk about this and we went off on a tangent, which I thought 
no one has ever come onto this show and talked about before. And it all came, and as you were talking about it, just little light bulbs were going off in my head because I say this to clients all the time. I say it to our team all the time. If you can tell me what the most visited pages on your website, tell me, and everyone will go, it's the homepage, which nine times out of 10, it's the homepage. Then you follow it up with a question, what's the second most visited page on your website? That becomes a much more complex question for people to answer. But nine times, and again, this is my experience, and Rishi, you tell me if, if, I'm, if I'm missing it here. Nine times out of 10, the second most visited page on anybody's website is the About Us page. It's the Our Story page. It's where people go to to find out who you are and your story. Are my, when I say it's like 90% of the people that I deal with, do you find it's a similar stat? Ooh, context is everything here, Matt. I, I could say yes, but I really think it depends on how buried is that about page. For mm -hmm. example, is it in the main navigation? Is it way down on the bottom? When I was prepping for this episode today, the show with you, I was looking at some bigger brands and looking for their about pages and I couldn't even find them. Oh, wow. So with that said, we can have even a great discussion here about whether it should be in the main navigation. I can go either way on this. I've kind of gone back and mm -hmm. forth. Yeah, yeah. But yes, in general, it is a pretty heavily visited page I have found, especially, I think, especially if you're leading people there. Are you leading them there from your homepage? If not yeah. in the main navigation, do you have a little chunk on your homepage that's maybe a bit of your founder story, your mission, your values, whatever it is that's pushing people over to that page. So it's all about how are they coming in that I think will dictate whether it's a really highly visited page on your site. Yeah, that's a good answer. I, I, um, I, 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 I've noticed one of the things in my own shopping habits is if I'm on a website, an e-commerce website, you know, and I'm thinking, do I want to buy something from this website? And I've never been there before. Uh, and I'm kind of getting that vibe from this site that I've, I don't know how, I don't really, it's not like Nike, do you know what I mean? Uh, I, I may not have shopped on Nike before, but I know the brand and I know what, you know, the experience is going to be like. First page I always look for is the About Us page. And if I can't find it, I don't buy from that store. It's as simple as that. And if it becomes complex to find it, I'm I'm lost, I'm out, I'm off to somewhere else. And so, And when you do find it, it is the most dull and boring page on the website and this is where this again comes back to our conversation so let's get into this let's talk about the about us page because i think there's so much opportunity here for people listening to just do some simple things and 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 see some good actual results as as a result of doing it so let's go let's go back to the beginning the about us link so obviously we need to link to the page uh, there are two places that I tend to see it in the main navigation uh, or more recently, it's become more of a popular thing to put in the footer navigation um, of the website. You said you're 50-50, you kind of go back and forth. What would be some of the good reasons for putting the About Us link in your main navigation? Hmm. Let me explain the 50-50 a little bit because I think, Matt, you've, you and I talked about we've seen an emergence of so many newer businesses into e-commerce market in the last mm -hmm. one to two years yeah. before that most of the people who were in e-commerce not most but a lot of them were at that seven figure and beyond range and so there 
the revenues they were running, the type of store they had, it made sense to me at that time to have the mostly it in the footer um, because I wanted the focus to be primarily on the products. Yeah. But this is where I kind of go the other direction. If you are an indie brand, and I, I mean, you can be a seven-figure business and be an indie brand, but if you are even like, let's say a real small business, you're working your way up. I think that having the about page in your header is really, it can be really helpful for building trust, especially for people who are looking to buy from small businesses for a reason. And so we're leveraging that buying behavior. We know they're looking for some a smaller business experience. And the other example that I think people listening can relate to is if you are a maker. So some of the clients I work with make handmade soaps, right? Or dog clothes. And they haven't moved to the point where they're fully manufacturing it. Yeah. Or even if you're starting to automate some of it, when your business is made by your hands, I think there's even more of that sort of artisan mentality behind it that people want to read about. And it makes a lot of sense to me to have about or about the maker, mm. for example, in the in the main app. But I would love to know what you think. Yeah, I I I loved what you said there about the maker, you know, the if you're kind of an artisan. Uh, I get that that's actually part of your story and that's a big part of your selling proposition, isn't it? And it's like putting that in the main navigation makes an awful lot of sense. Uh, yeah. When we started out in e-commerce, the about us section definitely was in the main footer. And then over the years, it kind of migrated to the, sorry, it was in the main navigation. Then over the years, it migrated to the footer. Um, and we tested it. We tested it in the main navigation. We tested it in the footer. Did we... Uh, what happened as a result? Do you know what I mean? And, and and actually, we didn't lose anything by putting it in the footer. We just cleared the main navigation up slightly uh, and, and made it easier for people to find the products. But we were a big site. We were a well-established site. I think that, um, so I, I like that. I think the other place where I've seen it work well in the main navigation is actually if you're quite, um, you, you called them an indie brand. I if you're a, a, a very strong values-led organization and you need your customers to be on that values journey, again, you would put it in the main navigation, I think. 100%. And when we look a little bit later at some examples that I've brought for you, one of the ones is someone who's been on your show and their company is a very much values-led, mission-based sort of company business. It absolutely makes sense to me that they have about in there because- yeah. They want to pull in customers that are aligned with that mission and values. Yeah, no, great, great. So I think, um, I think, do you put it in the main navigation? There are reasons to put it in the main navigation. Do you put it in the footer navigation? Maybe if you're a bigger, more established company, you'd put it in the, in the footer. I think probably the thing to say here, Reese, the thing that I'm picking up from you is put it in one or the other, but put it in there. Right. Yes. Don't not have a link to your about us page. Make it easy for people to find that link from every page of your website, right? Including your homepage. Would that be a fair, fair comment? Absolutely. When we talk about putting in the footer, I really like it where you group your things in your footer. So maybe you have a column of links, or if we're on mobile, it's a tab, for example, related to your company. And in there is a perfect place for your about page. It could be slipped in the same column as things like your shipping policies, your FAQ, those to me from an organizational and grouping point of view make a lot of sense. But please do put an about page on your website and link to it. Yeah, 
from your header or your footer. And I like that. I think one of the things that I've noticed over the years is actually more and more people as they use the web, I think people have got accustomed to looking in the footer for the about us link. It's kind of, it's become one of those things. It's learned behavior, isn't it? It's something that we've learned over the years when navigating sites. I'm just going to scroll to the bottom to find the about us page uh, and have a, have a look, uh, have a look at that. So um, yeah, I, I, I get this. Okay. So we've got the link to the about us page. Would you, would you promote the about us page on the homepage independent of it being in the main navigation? Do you know what I mean? So would you have like a section on your homepage with an excerpt or something from your about us page link and more info, you know, or find out more about us, click here kind of thing. Would you do that? Another, it depends answer. And here's why. So when we think about, you're talking about your e-commerce business that you had and you had moved it out because you had a pretty big product catalog. Am mm -hmm. I making a correct assumption there? Yes, yeah, yeah. Okay. There are two methods that I tend to work with people on for your homepage layout approach. And one I call the, the, the catalog method, which is probably what you would have done. Mm -hmm. And the other I call the storybook method. And I often recommend the storybook method for people who have smaller product catalogs and who really are relying on their brand story to carry that homepage to pull the customer in. And in that storybook method, we aren't emphasizing tons of different product photos. There's some, you're gonna have like say, a row or two of bestsellers, maybe some categories, but you're gonna have chunks on the page that are telling the story of your brand. Mm -hmm. And in that instance, I love having one of the chunks be a bit about say the, the backstory, why you started something like that, but relate it to your customer mm -hmm. and then have a link that says, you know, read more about XYZ brand name or about us. And then that would go, yes, to the about page. Now with the catalog method that I, ha I am talking about, which would have probably been more like your site, Matt, it's not a no, but do you see this on, for example, I don't know, Marks and Spencer or Home Depot or something? Mm. Probably not. It doesn't necessarily structurally make as much sense to me, but I'm not going to give a hard and fast no here. Yeah, I think for me, um, it all depends on who the founder and leaders of the business are, right? So um, if you go to Marks and Spencer's, no one knows who owns Marks and Spencer's because it's a shareholder thing. And do you know what I mean? It's, it's a faceless company. There's not somebody driving that brand. If I go to any Virgin website, right? Virgin Atlantic, Virgin, whatever. Do you know what I mean? There's, if I go to their website, there's always a photograph of Richard Branson, right? Always. Because he is this vivacious, larger than life character that everybody associates with the Virgin brand. So they're going to you're going to find out about his story and, and about how the brand got started a lot easier because of who he is. Right. And I think with, um, with our site, we were, uh, the catalog, the com, uh, concept that you mentioned. So it was very much catalog driven. We did have a section on the homepage though, uh, which just had a team photo. This is who we are. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and it was just genuine cause we just wanted just to be, you know, kind of fun and just a bit out there. Um, so we had team photos and we were just having a laugh on the homepage and it said, you know, sort of click here to find out more about us. Uh, and then that took people to the homepage and that worked really well, actually. Uh, I thought that was that as a concept worked super well. Worked super well. So I think if you're, 
I think you're right. I do think you're right, you know, with these these bigger corporate brands. For me, it all depends on who the leader is, who that who that person is behind the brand. Uh, and if, it, if you've got any kind of personality behind it, you, you want to get people to that page. The way Branson did it, I don't know if you've ever seen what he did. I don't actually know if he still does it this way. It was a few years ago when I was, I was doing a bit of research around this. There was a button on the homepage with a picture of Richard Branson, and it just said, do not click this button. Right. That was that was what it said. And of course, you're going to click the button. Right. It's just human nature. I thought it was the best bit of sort of conversion rate optimization. Just tell people not to click it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And so I clicked the button and then there just came up this big photograph of Richard Branson in a wedding dress with makeup and everything. And just a headline saying, we told you not to click the button. Now you can never unsee this image or whatever. It, Do you know what I mean? It was very good. Very good tongue in cheek. Anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got our link in the header. We've got our link uh, uh, or a link in the footer. We've maybe got a bit on the homepage. Let's get into the about us page um, because so many people. Well, why don't you tell people what's the what do you see as the default about us page that everybody goes to that you and I just put our heads in our hands like this and we're like, what are you doing? What is the default? All right. So the default has two main problems with it. It probably has more, but from a copy branding slash positioning point of view, it's all about them. The header will literally say about us, or if it's a really a one man or one woman show about me, and then it rolls right into 10 paragraphs of when I was a child, I wanted to do this. And, <laughs> and okay, not all companies will do this, but on a more corporate level, so not the single business you'll see marks and spencer was founded in 1997 or 877 by oh. and it's kind of it's so self-absorbed it's about the company but yeah. the problem is from a design point of view too it's literally 10 paragraphs of text no headlines to break it up nothing about the customer it have i described it well is this probably what you were Gonna say oh, yeah, too? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. And for me, the best, the best websites. If you ever, if you ever know what, want to know what we're talking about, just Google uh, your local accountant and go to their website. And in effect, I, I, I remember doing this live on stage once. It was hysterical. We we Googled our local uh, accountants, and uh, everything was about them. I mean, everything was about them. They had a picture. Their hero image was a picture of their building. Which but and the and the bit that they zoomed in on was their logo on the building. So they had their big logo on the corner of the website. This is then so a bad. huge photo of their logo of their building. And then it went to the next they had one of these carousel things, right? So it went to the next image. No. And do you know no. what the next do you want to know what the next image was in their carousel? It was a picture of their business cards with their logo on. And I was just <laughs> I was just crying. All the accountants in the room were going, what's wrong with this? Oh, no. <laughs> so I, I totally agree with you, Reese. It's everything is about you. Uh, and I'm I'm as a consumer, as a visitor, I'm bored before I've even started. Right. I'm out. I, I don't care about your logo. I genuinely don't. I don't care who. Not once have I ever gone to a website and gone, I'm going to buy from these guys because they've got a beautiful logo. <laughs> <laughs> Just as I've just never done it. I don't know why. I mean, maybe I'm missing out. <laughs> I think so. There's so many misbuying opportunities for you, Matt. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I get what you're saying. I'm, and this is my bed. So but you get the point, right? And I think this is what you're saying, that actually the, the, the text, the images, are, it's just done in a way that no one actually cares. So I can hear the listeners going, hang on a minute, Reese. This is the About Us page. Surely this is what people actually want to know. But here we are actually criticising people that just do that. So where are they missing it? Mm, I have to tell you, Matt, this is probably one of the biggest questions I get and I see, and I get why people are confused because it's built right into the name. Why aren't I supposed to talk about me? What else am I supposed to do? So I understand the confusion and the overwhelm. For people listening, your About Us page, yes, it's about you, but it's much more about how does the customer fit into the story of your business mm -hmm. and what you can do. And we're going to break this down. You lead with them first because they feel seen. They feel appreciated. It's catching their attention. Let's look at the other side of the issue that most of this about pages we say are self-absorbed. If we know that, then we know that's probably also true about our customers. Mm -hmm. And it's not a judgmental thing. This is just, human beings. This is how we are. So what if we turn that around our head? And if we know that most people care mostly about themselves, we can give them what they're looking for by talking to them first mm -hmm. on our about pages. And then you transition and you tie your own story into the customer story, whatever pulled them in on that about page. So there is a chance and an opportunity for you to talk about you or your company, your mission, your values, but lead with the customer first to hook them, to capture their attention and to like avoid what Matt just described, where you're, they're bo you're boring them right out of the gate with first two words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I remember um, the first time I ever thought about this as a concept. Uh, have you come across Don Miller with the story brand? Have yeah. you, you read his book? Um, years ago, I, I did one of his courses when he was just starting out, Don Miller, and, and StoryBrand was just taking off. And, and this whole idea that actually when we tell stories to our customers, we need to make them the hero and not ourselves. Do you know what I mean? You need to tell the story in a way that the customer becomes a hero. You're not the hero. You're the guide. And the way, if you've ever watched the Star Wars movies, the way he explained it was brilliant for me because it's like I understood it in an instant. He said, your customer is Luke Skywalker, you're Obi-Wan Kenobi. So if you get the Star Wars connection, you'll understand what that means, right? So is that is that what you're talking about? Is that what you're saying? It's actually paint this story in a way where the customer is the hero of that story. You're painting them into it. They can see themselves in, in there. As you were talking, I was thinking about um, a TV show. I, I can't remember who I was talking about this the other day, but I was thinking about a TV show we used to have in the UK called The House Doctor. And The House Doctor was this beautiful American lady who came into your house because you'd put it on the market and nobody was buying it. So she'd walk in and she'd work her magic and she'd, you know, your house would sell for 20% above asking or whatever, you know, it went for. And all she did was she went in it was the same every week, but we all lived it as a nation. She walked in and she went and cleared all the clutter, clutter out because her, her thing was 
you need to get your visitors coming in. They need to be able to see themselves living in this house, right? That's what the showing was for. And so that's all she did. She staged the house so that when people came in, they could go, we could live here, right? Uh, and by clearing the clutter, that's what she did. So I'm kind of like, this in my head is what you're doing, Reese, right? You're you're going to these about pages, you're clearing all the clutter, and you're staging them in such a way that when somebody comes, they can see themselves in it. They can see themselves buying from you as a business because they like you, they've connected with you somehow. Would that be a fair reflection? Not only is that a fair reflection, Matt, but you have accurately described what I could do with my life and career if e-commerce <laughs> were to ever go away. I stage homes. You go and you look online and a home has so much clutter. Mm -hmm. you, like you said, you can't see yourself in it. Let me tell you, we did the same thing with our house. Like we staged it ourselves and we also baked chocolate chip cookies in the oven yeah. before the things yeah. trigger that scent, like sense memory. And for people to be like, oh, I can imagine myself baking cookies in this house, this being my home, we are effectively trying to do those types of things with this about page. Yeah, that's very good. I like it. So the aboutpagedoctor.com uh, is Reese's new website. <laughs> I gotta go. Hey there, are you a business owner? Here at Orion Digital, we know firsthand that running an e-commerce business can be really hard work. As the online space gets more competitive, it is becoming even more challenging to stay ahead of the curve. We totally get it. So we want to help you succeed by offering a wide range of services, from fulfillment, marketing, customer service, and even coaching and consulting, just so that you can do what matters most. Save yourself the time and the money and let us handle the day-to-day -day tasks. This way, you can run your business without having to worry about the boring stuff. So what do you say? Are we a good fit for each other? Come check us out at oriondigital.com and let us know what you think. Did you know that nutrition is one of the keys to maintaining the energy you need to drive your business forward? Vegetology creates incredible unique supplements in an eco-friendly, ethical and sustainable way that feed your body with the precise nutrients it needs. We're not just making you healthier, we're helping to protect our planet too. Our products are vegan friendly and approved by the Vegan and Vegetarian Society. Plus, they're gluten-free so they fit perfectly into any lifestyle. They also contain no artificial colors or flavors, making them good for your taste buds too. You can feel good about your food choices with our healthy, natural supplements. We have something for everyone, whether you want to boost your immune system or just get more energy every day. And we're always working on new ingredients so that we can provide even better products in the future. So what are you waiting for? Get started now by heading over to vegetology.com. Uh, let's talk about then some of the key things that you think make up a good about us page, right? So we're going to focus on the customer. So how practically do we do this? What are some of the things that we could do? Okay. We want to basically look at the structure of it. Okay. And we also want to look at the design. So let mm -hmm. me break this down. And then I always think what's really lovely about this show with you, Matt, is we can do screen shares. Mm -hmm. The visuals that I'm going to show, I think are really going to drive this home. So under structure, we want to first think about 
what are the words that we are using? Especially the most important words are generally at the top of the page, what we call a headline. And I don't know how familiar some of your audience is with this. So when you go and visit a website and it's a well done one, you will often notice there'll be a sentence, for example, that is in a much bigger text size mm -hmm. than say paragraphs of text. That's what we mean by a headline. And we want to start out our about page and our approach to our copy for maybe the first 25 to 50% of the page with a strong headline and then using the word you. I mean, that is honestly my big secret to immediately pulling someone, the customer in mm -hmm. to the page. So it's a powerful word. It's an underused word. And the minute we, as your, as a customer, read the word you, we think they're talking to me and yeah. only to me. Okay, so we perk up. If you have a strong headline that's something like this, you know, your horse is your entire world and he doesn't let you forget it, right? You're doing a couple things there. You're saying like, I get you. You're using yeah. the word you. And it, depending on your brand, not everyone is cheeky like this, but if your brand is more cheeky, you're kind of, you know, a ha ha with them. So you're immediately building rapport with this headline out of the gate. And that's what you wanna do. Like if you do nothing else with your about page, please change your top headline from yeah. saying about us to something that's related to what your customer desires, cares about, has a problem with, their main big pressing issue or desire. So before I go on, like, what do you think of that, Matt? I think that's brilliant advice. I love using the word you in the headline and it and it forces you as as the website owner to go, actually, how can I write this in a way that connects with them? So the, the example you gave of the horses I thought was great. You know, so rather than just going, 10 years ago, I set up a horse shop. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, no one cares, right? I mean, it's nice that you ride horses and there may be a picture of you in your horse, but I, the way that you turn that around to say, you know, this is about you, this is about your problem, right? And, you, and you're and you bringing, and everyone that's on that page is going to read that and go, totally, yes, that's me, I'm in. And so they're going to read the next bit. So, yeah, totally, it's great. The headline, you read that, that takes you to the subheading, you read the subheading, and if you're bored in there, you're going to read the first paragraph of text, and everything leads into the next thing, right? So exactly. if you've got a great, powerful headline, you're going to read down to the next section. The goal of any good copy is to get them to read the next line of copy. Like it's first to capture attention, but then capture attention enough that they want to read what comes after. So what I like to do after we have this headline that is very much like ding, ding, hey, they're talking about me. Don't jump into you yet. Meaning you, the business owner, the founder. If we take the horse example, I'll just riff on what you could do. You could have something like horses are so expensive from trainers to shoes to that psychic median you brought in to read his astrological chart, parentheses, true story. The costs never end and let's not get into the bet bills. That's why we believe that washing his blanket should be the one thing you can count on to not break the bank. So do you see I continued with that to make it about them? There's so much empathy in that paragraph. And then we segue a little bit more. We're hinting now at the backstory, the mission, the values of this particular yeah. company. That's what's going on. Yeah, it's very clever and very simple, actually, how you've done that. You know, you're, you've taken, you've emphasized the problem. You've kind of hinted at the fact that you yourself as the owner have had that problem. 
and somehow you join the two things together in a very fluid and easy way, right? And that that seems that's that whole paragraph right there. So by the end of that paragraph, I've read it. I'm I think as the buyer, you know what my problem is. You've had that problem. Awesome. Let's read on. Yeah. So once we get this idea in our head, this mindset of we're thinking about this from the customer's perspective instead of my perspective as the founder. Let's talk a little bit, and then I'm going to show some examples, Matt, about what do we do design-wise? Because we talked about a big problem being this just long, boring wall of text. And the way you can deal with this is you want to chunk it up. Because what we know about people, especially the 50% of more people who are coming to your site on their phones, they're scanning mm -hmm. like this. They are not reading like they open a book to read. They're kind, their eyes are dancing all over, looking for something that will pull their attention. So we want to leverage what we know about this. And that means you have a subheadline chunk of text, subheadline chunk of text. Maybe you throw in some icons in there that represent, yeah. for example, your values or that kind of thing. And then you can break it up further by putting in macro images of your materials or your ingredients, or Matt talked about the example of his team photo on his old website, those kind of things too. So you start to weave in imagery as well that's creating either a sensory experience or kind of letting people into how, like what your brand story is visually. But the idea here is you don't want that 10 paragraphs all looking the same. Use little bulleted lists, use little icons, break it up. And can I, like, would now be an okay time, Matt, to show exactly what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, let's do this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Go ahead, share your screen and let's pull this up. Great. So I've got a couple different ones to share. So, like, people can see some different examples about how you can do this. Let's start with Christy Sumer. Her, she has been on your show oh, and yeah. she's a friend of mine. She's got she's a great brand. actually, Christy. Yeah, yeah. I've been on her show and she's been on mine. She's she's great. So, sorry, I interrupted you. No, it's fine. I've been on her show too. We're in that kind of very incestuous small world thing. I think. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Christy's site, I will return to time and time again as examples to the clients I work with for how to knock an about page out of the park. Mm -hmm. So at the top in this hero, this is what we're talking about with a headline. We're pulling people in. She's using that word you, like yeah. you. We're tired of seeing compromise in the fashion industry. And then as we go down, it's still talking about maybe a problem in this case that the customer has. So if you remember the horse example mm -hmm. I gave, we're talking about issues that they all get. This is what her customers are sacrificing just to look stylish. Mm -hmm. Then check this out, Matt. She's got some icons here. Now, I would love to see these icons maybe be a little bit different instead of the check marks, like maybe actual visual representations, but you can absolutely yeah. do this. So do you see we're chunking the text out here, right? Yeah, yeah. Then we're bringing in visuals behind the scenes, her measuring things, what's going on you know, in the back room with how she's making the clothes. She goes on with more chunks of text that are more still about the customer, but they're starting to be also about the company. So mm -hmm. fast fashion and trends are disposable. Our clothing isn't. So at this point, we're moving away from it being totally focused on the customer and more about Encircled being the provider of the solution to this problem. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
another chunk of text, a cool photo. Then I want you to see like she taught her about page actually goes, it's more in depth than I think a lot of companies need to do. But if you go down here, not near, we're talking 70% down the page. Finally, we hear Christie's founder story. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it segues into why she made what she made. Oh, yep. Why did she create encircled? And then we're going to get to this in a minute. There's something really important going down here with a call to action. Now, now I would love to show a couple other examples, but I don't know if we have time for that. What do you think? No, no, let's do it. Let's go for it. Yeah, yeah. Because I think when people see there's more than one way to kind of skin this proverbial cat, it's helpful. Yeah, yeah. So the but, kind yeah. bar, have you heard of them? Like, do are they in the UK? Yeah, they are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tasty, expensive, yeah. But tasty bars. Yes. Oh, I exactly. There's this one I love, and I won't get into it. But anyway, <laughs> I know what to say you for Christmas now. That's the main thing. <laughs> but you've got to get the right one. I like it when it's nice and chewy. Okay. Anyway, now people are going to be sending me chewy kind bars. <laughs> you too, Matt. Yeah, yeah, with Detroit-based pizzas. Yeah, 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 that's fine. <laughs> um, kind bar. This is their headline at the top. This is their about page. So we've got that power word, the you, yeah. the your, okay? And then what's a little different here that kind bar is different from what I showed you on Encircled is they kind of move right into their mission and values, mm -hmm. but they're still tying it to their customers. So we've yeah. got a blurb, a headline. We believe if you can't pronounce an ingredient, it shouldn't go into your body. So there's still that you're there. It's merging the two stories together of the company and the customer. And then look at what they're doing with the photos. It's really cool. They've got these nice ingredient shots. It's kind of creating the sensory experience for us. It's a really good idea for food brands. Mm -hmm. And then this is their call to action in the middle. If you want to go work for them, they've got company photos here, but do you see how the design, okay, there's something I want to get into. The dime is really broken up, but this yeah. is interesting. We've got more about the founder. And I think you absolutely, depending on your brand, can do fun things like this, little tidbits that are about your personality. So yeah. Christy, for example, could have done this. What's her favorite um, dress? Uh, where's her hometown? What's her family like? Is there a TV show she likes? This just humanizes your brand even more. Yeah. And people will be like, oh my God, his quote is my favorite quote. I have found my people in my place. Yeah, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I'll show one more um, that's a little different. It's Casper Mattress. Okay. Okay. So they're starting out of the gate about themselves. And I'm not, in my opinion, I think Casper could probably bring in their customer a bit more, but design wise, they very well emulate this whole idea of chunking bits and pieces, headlines. And even though they're talking about themselves here, we believe sleep is the superpower that charges everything that people do. Do you notice there's a difference between a sentence like that and something like, we believe that we have the best mattresses in the world. Yeah. Right. This is actually customer centered. It is. But do you think they could take that headline further? So for those who are just listening to the audio podcast, I'll just read the headline out here. It says, we believe sleep is the superpower that charges everything people do. If you just took the word people out and, trans and just put the word you in there, you know, you talk about you. 
See, that instantly changes that sentence, doesn't it? It becomes, we believe sleep is a superpower that charges everything you do. Ooh. Do you see what I mean? It's, so, it's instantly yeah. changed it, hasn't it? Yeah, so before we have a wall, we're talking about these ambiguous people. Who are these people? But you believe that superpower, uh, sleep is a superpower that charges everything that I do as I'm reading this? Wow, I'm leaning in. Yeah. Tell me more. Mm-hmm. Yes, so exactly. They're just, can you see how you can just tiny tweak what you might already have to make it more customer centered? Yeah. You go down the page and they, we could, they could, it's fine that they've got, we've dreamed a big dream, but maybe it's here, we're here to awaken you to the potential of your well rested life. Yeah. That kind of thing. They have a video on here. That's something else you could pop on your about page. Yeah. It will may increase the time spent on this page, which sends a signal to Google mm-hmm. that um, people are really liking the page. The more time that's spent on the page, the more Google basically makes it important. So a video can help with that. And but you can see it, there's this similar idea of mm-hmm. chunking things, having little bits and blurbs for people to latch onto. But where Casper could take and tweak it a bit further is again, like we talked about, Matt pull that customer into the story more with some of these headlines. Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I, th- I do like the design of their about page. I think listening to you talking about their, their text, um, I think they could definitely improve that, which is probably why Casper is just sort of blending. I don't know if it's the same in the UK, uh, but uh, sorry, in the States, but in the UK, Casper have kind of blended into this whole mattress company ether where there's like 150 companies all playing now. And so to stand out is becoming more and more complicated. Um, and so I think they could definitely rework that uh, from a text point of view to draw people in. You know, I, I, Yeah, I, 100%. Like you said, making the customer the hero. Yeah. 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 That's really interesting. So those are a few different examples of how mm. you can do this. and But you can kind of see this unifying theme here of it's not a long block of text and it's not all about you. Yeah, no, I like that, and I and one of the things that I um I, I I I let me just bring this back here. One of the things that I I noticed actually um as you were scrolling through them, very short paragraphs of text, very chunked up with images from a design point of view, made it easy to to skim through. But the bit about the founder was towards the bottom of the page, right? On both those sites, both on Encircled and the and and Kind, the sort of founder bit was at the bottom which I thought was quite fascinating because I kind of figure if you have got that far down the page, you now want to know about who the founder is. Right. And it's kind of that. I think it's very clever the way they've done that and they've kind of warmed up the audience and now they're getting drawn into the founder story, but the founder story is not at the top. And I, I thought that was, that was very well done. You know, you're drawing them in step by step. And if they've got to that stage, they're going to read the founder story because they're going to want to know about you, right? So very, very clever. I like your examples, Reese. I thought they were brilliant. Really, really good. Thanks. You know, Matt, you were talking about once people are by that point on the page, they're going to probably want to read about the founder. Mm-hmm. Well, we can take that idea and expand it further. I showed you at the bottom of Encircled, she had some pictures to her bestsellers. Yeah. And then Casper 
I don't know if you caught this, link, uh, at the bottom has a email list sign up. Mm -hmm. So here's the idea. If people have taken the time and you've kind of chunked out your page this much so they're browsing with intention, they get to the bottom, it is such a ripe opportunity for capturing a, a next step and having a call to action, whether it's to go shop some specific things in your shop, bestsellers, or to get an email to sign up, or in the case of the Kind Bar, they were trying to encourage people to come apply for their company. Mm -hmm. But this is a missed opportunity that I see places that even have really nice about pages will often just end at the bottom. It's like people just spent five minutes on your page. They're probably the most invested that I've ever seen a customer on a page in general. And now you're just gonna leave them hanging? No, you're gonna capture this opportunity, man. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. The call to action. Yeah, it's so uh, it's it it's these little things, isn't it? And I appreciate if you're, you know, if you've not got the experience and you're new to e-commerce and you're just building your business. There's all these things that you don't think about. That when you hear, you know, Reese talk about the call to action, you go, well, of course you're going to put a call to action there. Why would you not? It's the most sensible thing in the world to do. And I, I find often with e-commerce, none of this is rocket science. A lot of this is just straightforward common sense. But if you don't know, you get so caught up in it, don't you? You get so tunneled visioned in what you're trying to do that you, you don't think about it from the customer side. You don't think about the sort of the customer journey. And um, and I think actually, if you do that with your about page, if you do that with every page on your website, to be fair, you, you kind of, you know, you win in the battle. And so I love that. They've got to the bottom of the page. They're the most invested they've ever been. Give them something to do. What's the next logical step for these guys to take at this point? Is it to sign up to your newsletter? Is it to go browse something? What is it? Now, I don't, uh, one of the things that I've noticed over the years recently, I don't know if you've, if you've got any experience with this actually as well, is the people that come to your site, they're at different part, they're at different places in the buyer's journey, aren't they? So some are ready to buy that. I mean, they're red hot, right? And some, I'm just kind of browsing, just having a look. I'm not in a rush to go anywhere. I want to know, you know, I'm going to make an informed decision and blah, blah, blah. And so you've got to think about the different types of customers that you have. One of the common themes I've noticed with all of these customers is they, a lot of them will go to your About Us page. If it's well-crafted, they will stay on it. They will engage with it. Um, so what sort of calls to action do you think work particularly well on the About Us page? Mm. It's a tough question, basically, because of what you described, where we have different people at different points in their journey. And even one consideration could be you have someone who bought a product from you before visiting your About page, and they're actually going to your About page to reinforce in a positive way, this buying decision that they made, like it's psychology. With that said, my personal favorite, and I don't have big data to back this up, Matt, but I really like encouraging to sign up to the email list because, man, we live in a time where it's so increasingly hard to acquire customers through ads. God, we, we could have a whole episode on that yeah. and other means. And so I'm really pushing people to do whatever they can to get the customer or potential customer on the email list so you can have that one-on-one -on -one conversation. I think there's a case to be made for sending them to a product pages 
to buy. But I think, Matt, a lot of times conversion is not this instant event where someone comes to the site and within five minutes or less, it's their first experience. They come to the site, they buy something. And I think a lot of people think that's how it works, but it may be more like they come and then a couple months later, they remembered they wanted that thing and then they come back. And there's a bit more lag time here that is affecting conversion rates. And because of that, that's part of why I like encouraging the email list sign up more so than pushing to the product page. Cause I can always push them to my product page from an email if I get them on there. That's my take. What, but I, I mean, this is what part of why I love these podcasts is we get to talk about and nerd out together. What do you think? What's your take on this? I think you're totally right. I think the, um, the, the call to action is all you've got to have it somewhere on your about us page, join our email list. And again, you've got to, present that in a way that is a you've got to give them a really good reason to sign up to your email list not you know sign up to my email list i'm going to spam the crap out of you right people <laughs> are just not in, they're not interested um but it's like if you if you inform people of a great reason a great benefit to sign up to your email list they're going to do it especially if they've got that way you know all that way down the, the bottom of the page i also find putting links like Instagram feeds in on the about us page works. People will connect with your social media from the about mm -hmm. page. Um, but again, I think it like you, I, it, it all comes down to who's on there and at what point of their journey are they, you know, are they, are they already subscribed to your email list? Could you know this? Do you, do you have a cookie on their computer, which is a bit more tricky to do these days? Well, maybe I show them something else. Do you know what I mean? If they, if I, if I, I can make my about us page a bit smarter, you know, as my business grows to show stuff, maybe they've been to a specific product page three times. Let me show them that product, you know, or maybe a blog post which talks about that product so they can start to dig in a little bit. Um, I know if people are like me and, I, you know, most people are we're all fairly similar creatures of habit. I'll go to the page, the product page. I'll watch the videos. I'll come back at a later date, blah, blah, blah. And I've got to feel confident in that company. It's fundamentally what I've got to do. And so the About Us page, getting me to sign up to the email, getting me over to the social media, getting me feel like I'm connected with you in some way, that's a win for me. That is a win. Because like you say, not everybody's ready to buy straight away. And it's a bit like a courtship, isn't it? It's like you're not, you've got to win, you've got to win them. You're not going straight to a marriage proposal, right? We've, we've got to, we've got to win these people and you never win anybody on the first date by just talking about yourself the whole time. Just, it just never happens. So basically rules of dating, if you don't want to be a douche about it, apply to e-commerce. Pretty much everything we do. Don't talk about yourself first. You'll be fascinated in your customer. Do what Matt's doing now while we're having this conversation. Look them in the eyes. Be very engaged. How do you do that digitally? I think what happens, Matt, is everything that we know about human nature in inherently as humans flies out the door when we sit in front of a computer and we start hacking away at our website. And it's for some of the reasons you cited. A lot of people listening are doing it themselves. They have tunnel vision, and that's not a judgment. That's like me having empathy for the fact that you have so much on your plate it's hard to know and see all of this you alluded to. And it is a lot of it is common sense, but we forget in the digital world how to bring common sense over to our websites. But you've got to woo people. you got to court them. You need to make it about them. And mm -hmm. when you do that, they'll love you if you do yeah. it right. Yeah, and by doing it right, it's not manipulation. 
it's actual general oh. it's it's a, a general care you know it's like i i care about our customers i have a general we're authentic we're transparent we like people we want to see the if we're not the best for people we will tell them and if you've got that attitude if you have that coming across in your content in your about us page i think people buy into it and i think people connect with that they do i do believe matt that when you are sincere in your intentions and you really are coming at it from not an intention of manipulation but of connection um having resonance seeing that customer empathy all that good stuff creating an amazing experience people can pick up on that sincerity um just like they can pick up on sincerity within five minutes of a conversation with someone there's there's a reason you and i were like yeah let's do this show together because we jived and you want to create that kind of jive for people with the words you use the, the even the images you select all that stuff it'll tell them you belong here you yeah. belong here that's great i love the fact you use the word jive yeah yeah it's not a word i hear much these days uh <laughs> The fact you used it is great. <laughs> jive, jive. <laughs> Brilliant. Listen, Reese, I'm aware of uh, I'm aware of time, and I, I, I uh, like with all I guess. I just I love it. I love these conversations. You feel like you learn a lot. I don't know about you. I always feel like I learn something new every time I have these kind of conversations. It's brilliant, and it gets you excited and it makes you rethink about about your whole business in some respects. So thank you for your time. It's been absolutely wonderful to chat with you. If people want to reach out to you, if they want to connect with you, how do they do that? Great question. I'd love to connect with anyone who wants to come my way, say hi. Um, you know, really, probably the best way is if you want to grab one of my goodies. I've got a like 10 website fixes that you can do fast that might be causing you leaks. If you go there, you'll get my emails, say hi, like reply. I reply to every email I receive and you can get that at designbyreese.com forward slash fixes. If you just want to say, hey, and you don't want to sign up for that, it's fine. I'm not going to push you into it. You can find me on Instagram, Reese Spikerman, like one word. All one word and you'll be there in Michigan yes. eating your pizza, no doubt. Yeah, <laughs> of you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, no, listen, Reese. Honestly, it's been uh, absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much uh, for being with us. We will, of course, link to uh, Reese's website and the freebies and all that sort of good stuff, which you can sign up for in the show notes as well. Uh, but for now, until we have you on again, Reese, and no doubt we will. Uh, thank you so much for being with us. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Matt. Bye, everyone. Didn't I tell you? Didn't I tell you that Reese would be great and she did not disappoint? This is one of those episodes where I kind of think you might want to watch the video to see some of the screen grabs. I tried my best to sort of explain what was going on and, and why Reese was, you know, talking about some of the things that she was talking about. Uh, but you may. You just may want to go watch the video, which you can do on our YouTube channel. Just go to youtube.com forward slash e-commerce podcast. Look out for Reese's episode, uh, episode number 81, and you will uh, see it there. We will, of course, link to this video episode in the show notes, ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 81, and you can find all of that. But thank you again, Reese. Absolute legend. I loved that interview. Genuinely loved it. Um, extrovert. No.
No, no, no. Detroit pizza. Oh, yes. Yes, we definitely want to try some of those. Okay, so coming up next week, we have Joseph Wilkins, who is actually a fellow Brit, but he is living in the US at the moment. And uh, Joseph has created some of the best and most entertaining videos on the web. So I was super keen to talk to this guy. I've got a big thing in my head about video and e-commerce and how it's the two things are inextricably linked for our future. Yes, they are. Uh, and so next week we get to deep dive into Joseph's eight step process for video creation. You're not gonna want to miss it. So here is an excerpt on what you can expect. The most important part is making sure you know before you produce this video that people are actually going to respond to it. And that doesn't just mean laugh to it. That means understand what the problem and the solution is that you're presenting and what the offer is that they're supposed to take advantage of when the video is over. So there you go. That's Joseph next week. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast or to our YouTube channel uh, and you'll get access to Joseph's insights as soon as they come out, just like you got access to all the amazing stuff that Reese brought for us today. Finally, one last time, ecommercepodcast.net forward slash 81 is the link you need to get the transcripts and notes uh, and the links to all of Reese's stuff. So uh, do check out the website. That's all from me. Thank you for listening. Have a great week. I'll see you next week. So bye for now. You've been listening to the e-commerce podcast with Matt Edmondson. Join us next time for more interviews, tips and tools for building your business online.